I just have to say I have the need, the need for speed. Today on Crossfire Faith and Gaming, we're going to talk about Top Gun. Uh, we're going to talk about forgiveness, grace, overcoming obstacles, and a healthy perspective on masculinity. Uh, all of our reflections on Top Gun and the latest gaming news coming at you on today's podcast, episode 36 of Crossfire Faith and Gaming. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Crossfire Faith and Gaming. Uh, my name is Reverend David Petty, and I'm joined by my co-host, the Russell Dornish. I just called you the Russell. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you want to call me the, that's fine. I can I can take the. I mean, you are the Reverend, so uh, I'll take the Russell. Uh, but on today's show, like David said, we're going to be chatting about uh, Top Gun Maverick. But first, let's get into a little bit of the gaming news. Mind you, it is the end of May slash beginning of June. Uh, which means the slowest period of time for video game news due to the fact that this is usually E3 time, which we are not getting, but we will talk about what we are getting instead. Uh, first up, though, will be that announcement. Uh, Summer Games Fest, of course, led by the ever-wonderful Jeff Keighley, uh, is happening June 9th, and the lineup is uh, immense, long, big, a lot. Uh Needless to say, we're looking at tons of companies from the games industry participating, including Sony, Xbox, all the other usual suspects, your Capcoms, your 2K, your uh, Ubisoft, your, you know, whatever, everybody pretty much except for Nintendo because Nintendo does their own thing and they're just better than everybody, I guess. So that'll be happening June 9th. Uh, we will be taking a look at the schedule once it's announced. Uh, and if the schedule works well with what we have going on, we may just be streaming it live. Uh, on top of the Games Fest event happening, we also have PlayStation State of Play happening this week as of recording on June 2nd. So we don't know what's going to happen, but by the time you listen to this, we will know. Uh, I will say Sony did say that the event will be third party and PlayStation VR centered. PlayStation VR 2, by the way. So uh, do not expect any massive announcements or God of War trailers or anything like that. Uh, but David, what what would you like to see from the State of Play event happening Thursday? Is there any third-party games you can think of off the top of your head that you want to see shown or, or PSVR? I still think uh, the best VR game ever uh which i'm almost done with i'm in chapter 10 out of i think 11 chapters uh is half-life alex i mean half-life alex blew the world away uh when it came to vr games a lot of people even said it should have been game of the year but the game of the year awards required that people actually play it some people didn't have vr headsets couldn't play it uh therefore couldn't vote for it but i gotta tell you i think it is hands down, uh, and that's kind of a pun because in the game you use your hands, um, but hands down, it has got to be one of the best games I've ever played uh, and just an amazing VR game. So if PlayStation's going after VR, I would love to see Steam be able to put Half-Life Alex onto PlayStation VR. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen, but what do you think, Russ? What are you, what are you looking forward to? Uh, yeah, I can think of some third-party games that could be announced. Uh, one big one that I know David's excited for, Stray. We're still waiting for that announced date. Have we still uh, not gotten any more? There's still nothing out there? No. I want to be a cat. No, no. This I is... know, we all do. 
Uh, as they said in Aristocat, everybody wants to be a cat, right? Right? Did I good reference? Okay. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's good. People other, usually listen to our podcast games. hoping that we're going to reference old <laughs> Disney animation movies. We're, we're just going to be continually puns, okay? Yeah. If you guys don't want to deal with it, we're two males. Uh, you know, I'm about to be a dad. David's a dad. Dad jokes around. June uh, is one coming day up. we will bring on Father's Day right around the corner. Dad, dad joke. Uh, we could have a whole podcast on dad jokes. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, yes. Uh, the other big thing that happened this past week was Star Wars Celebration, which included a ton of announcements. Uh, first up, though, Star Wars video game announcements. We finally got a trailer for Jedi Survivor, the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. Super excited to finally continue the Cal Kestis story and see what goes on, which, by the way, I have a inkling. I have a weird feeling that we are getting a Cal Kestis cameo in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. We haven't seen it yet. That would be that. Have we seen any video game crossover yet? Not yet, but this is like the first time that like, this is part of the Disney Canon. You got to remember, like technically we're getting some things. There's rumors of maybe eventually, you know, the Knights of the old Republic characters showing up in movies or TV shows, but there is just, it's just because it's canon now and we're seeing the story about the uh, Inquisitors, we're wondering if we might get a Cal Kestis cameo. We did get a BD cameo, by the way. Not the BD, but the same type of droid for the first time ever in live action, carried over from the first time in the video games. So, yes, Jedi Survivor, go check out the, uh, wasn't it? the trailer. No, 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 uh, Obi-Wan. Oh, no, no, you're right. It was, yeah, it was, it was uh, in, Boba I, Fett. I remember. Oh, that's right. Boba Fett. It, was, it was in the Mandalorian part of Boba Fett. Where, uh, we Mandalorian had... <laughs> 2.5, as everybody calls it. Right. The two episodes where Boba Fett was not on screen. But, uh, yeah, I remember just going like, wait, I've seen that droid somewhere. So that was, yes. that was kind of fun. Uh, other small gaming news real quick. Uh, Switch uh, is getting Knights of the Old Republic 2, which is obvious because it got Knights of the Old Republic 1. So if you have never experienced both games, you can get them on your Switch in a combo pack as well when it comes out in the beginning of June. I highly recommend both games if you're a Star Wars fan. The games are a little rough around the edges. Uh, we do have the Knights of the Old Republic remake coming up soon, I hope, uh, which will hopefully update the graphics and the gameplay uh, to be a little bit more modern. But other, if you just enjoy a good Star Wars story, go play those games because it is amazing, especially if you haven't had the story spoiled. That's all I'll say. David, go play them on your Switch. I, I should. Please. See, but again, I'm going to wait for the remake. You know, this is the same kind of thing. I'm, I'm waiting for uh, the rest of the Witcher 3 remaster or remake oh. or whatever they're doing with that. Update the graphics and all. Yeah, that and, may never uh, come. And put it in UE5. And uh, yeah. But I will say yeah. I'm excited for all of those game updates. And uh, yeah, let's talk about the. Did you talk about the TV yet? No, no, okay. go ahead. I was going to say, we're starting uh, to talk about the TV. What? Yeah, so yes. coming in February 2023, we've got more Mandalorian uh, Season 3 coming around. Uh, Bad Batch Season 2 is coming in, uh, at us. Andor, which Andor, is that a movie or is that a TV show? TV show. TV, TV show. show. That's right. And then we've got Ashoka. Uh, Ahsoka, I, I always say that so wrong because in high school I played this game <laughs> called H. Ashokan Farewell. Uh, played a game. Played a piece of music. I don't know. I'm all over the place today. Uh, anyway, Ahsoka is coming in 2023. And then last but not least, starring Jude Law, uh, is Star Wars Skeleton Crew, which I'm excited about because I just think Jude yep. Law is amazing. And, uh, you know, Dave Filoni and John Favreau are going to touch it and it's going to be amazing. So... I think you, that's you most of the one. 
What did I forget? I got one. What did I forget? You forgot uh, Tales of the Jedi, which is oh. going to be an animated show that is split between uh, six episodes. Half of it will be about uh, ah- Ahsoka. Uh, and then another half will be about a young Count Dooku, uh, which people are super excited about to get to see kind of his backstory. What happened? How did he become, you know, Count Dooku versus what he previously was? How did he fall to the dark side? Which, again, if you watch the prequels, I kind of felt like he was right. Like in the Clone War, like in that episode, in episode two. Uh, when he was talking about how the Jedi have lost their way and they're they're not seeing what's happening, and you know, it, it he's not wrong. Like I'd have to go back and watch he, it. Like, it, yeah, go back and watch it, and then at the very end, you're finally like, oh yeah, he is wrong because then he like meets up with Darth Sidious, uh, the Emperor, and and talks about their plans and all that, and you're like, oh wait, maybe he is actually still wrong and bad because you know he's doing that, but he. I definitely could see why he turned to the dark side during that time. So very interested in all those shows. Those all be coming out soon. Another reason that Disney plus is such a great, great uh, streaming service to have. They are just constantly coming out. They're making sure that there is literally no gap between a new mainstream show, whether it's Marvel or star Wars coming your way. And that's very smart. That's how you keep your subscribers around. Like, yeah, I think Disney has taken the same, Disney's taken a lot of the same, uh, you know, almost even going back many years, a very similar approach to what we're seeing with Game Pass right now, where they're like, you know, we're just going to snatch up this franchise. We're going to snatch up this IP. We're going to snatch up this IP. You know, little did we know when they bought Star Wars and bought Marvel that they probably had all this planned to release Disney Plus, And then they just happened to release it right in the middle of, uh, you know, or, or before, right before the pandemic. And then that was just a really good time that everybody's like, oh, well, we should all jump on this bandwagon. And yeah. So I, I've been really impressed with everything I'm seeing out of Disney Plus, certainly more so than I think stuff coming out of uh, you know Hulu and Netflix and all those other streaming services. Um, and they've got a really good variety. You know, sometimes I feel like I go on Netflix, I can't find things for my kids to watch. Uh, or most of the kids' shows that are on there are just kind of like it's all the same, you know, same stuff. So anyway, um, shall we jump right into our Top Gun discussion or any more news Kind of a slow news week. It, like I said, this is a kind of a dead period for news. So, oh, we did yeah, have let's move France. on to our topic of yeah, this. Sh- oh, okay. I mean, you know, small, small weird news section. Uh, France apparently is banning the use of the word streamer and some other English gaming terms in order to try to help more people, French people, get on board with gaming terms in French. Kind of strange. Weird. I don't know. I don't okay. know how I feel about it, uh, but uh, that's the thing that happened. Let's go to the topic of the show. We both saw Top Gun Maverick. It is the talk of the world right now as it hit $154 million in the box office over Memorial Day, breaking the Memorial Day box office record. And there's a reason for that because it is insanely, insanely good. Uh, so... As Did. is the Microsoft Flight Simulator package where you can fly uh, F-18, no F-14s, but you can fly the F-18, you can fly the Dark Star, you can uh, do all sorts of good stuff. So gaming and TV news all in one. But uh, yeah, so Russ, you saw it, right? Opening day or opening weekend. Yep. Oh, of course. And so of did course. I. Yes. 
So, uh, what what'd you think? Better than the original? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 100% better than the original. Um, Top Gun will always have a place. It'll always be a classic. It'll always... But this is one of those moments where they waited long enough uh, to come to us with a new version, which Tom Cruise said he wasn't going to make this unless it had a good script. And the technology was where it needed to be to really make a better fighter movie than ever before. 36 years. 36 years between the two films. But it's only been recently that we've seen IMAX cameras uh, shrink down to the size that you could put that in the plane. You realize that. Like, they put IMAX cameras in the cockpit Mm -hmm. of that plane. Do you remember when um, when Christopher Nolan first did The Dark Knight in IMAX? That was a big deal. Well, like granted, he filmed multiple granted, scenes in that. Christopher Nolan filmed in film IMAX. True. These are true, digital true, true, true. IMAX cameras. Totally true. different beast. Uh, mind you, know. you. <laughs> mind you. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. Still. Part of part of what was difficult about him doing that was the size, uh, and they said that was a really big hindrance. Um, so, you know, my understanding too, is that, you know, now we're getting it to a point where it's getting so much better. The quality is getting there. You can put stick a really high quality. I believe I read that it was a six K IMAX camera in, in the, the cockpits that was there with well, the and different pilots. And I think the fact that we were, I was watching a thing that they were talking about the fact that it took 15 months of planning in conjunction with the Navy to figure out how exactly to fit these cameras in the cockpits. So, I mean, just there alone, imagine that kind of time investment to say, all right, let's engineer this thing to make it perfect. And then you, you put in with that, the challenge of filming something, they were saying that, uh, as soon as they took off, they said they had to plan the flight paths and everything. And so they take off, they fly out there. They've got actual Navy top gun pilots who are acting as camera operators because they're flying the follow planes and they're flying the, the planes with each actor in them. And, then they come back and they look at the footage and say, okay, well, let's check it out. So it looks like, okay, oh, you were blinking there. We got to, oh, you you know, you didn't press. The actors themselves had to press record on the cameras when they were up in the air. So, you yeah. know, they came back. And at one point, Miles Teller is talking about, you know, he had pressed the button that actually erased all the footage. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Could you imagine, like, how long each take would take? You well, know? Can you it's imagine, insane. David, you know, with your background with movies real quick, like, can you imagine being the director and like you're not directing like you're directing on the ground you're telling everybody what you want to see happen but then it's like after we say get in the plane and go it's all on you it's all on the pilot it's all on you know the actor that's in the thing to to get all of the necessary clips to do what they need to do like it's it's almost more like directing a stage play Right. Or, or yeah. a musical where yeah. you say, look, we've done all the planning. And as soon as we have a, a baton downbeat, y'all are off and running. I mean, I saw a kid's production of Annie and uh, one of the kids just started right in on the next song and everybody went with it and they skipped a whole number in the middle. But they just had to go with it because they couldn't you can't go back and do a second take. So I don't know. From a technical standpoint, um, as, especially as a film major, film director myself, um, I was just blown away at everything in this movie. But that's not really what we're here to talk about. What we're here to talk about today no. is the movie themes. Um, I think, you know, talking about forgiveness uh, and, and just so we are very clear, we are going to have some conversations that may contain spoilers. So if perchance you have not seen Top Gun yet. 
pause this podcast. Go listen to our other podcasts. Get caught up with those. Come back and listen to the rest of this after you've gone and seen Top Gun Maverick, because uh, we may give something away. With that being said, yeah. um, I want to talk especially about forgiveness and grace as it relates to uh, Tom Cruise's character, Maverick, and his relationship with Rooster, uh, played by Miles Teller, who is the son of uh, Goose. Right. Who in the first movie, uh, if you haven't seen the first movie, spoilers here, I think 36 years is enough. Uh, but in the first movie, uh, Tom Cruise and Goose are flying. And I can't remember the actor's name that played Goose. But uh, so Maverick and Goose are flying. They have to evacuate uh, or eject from the plane. Uh, it doesn't quite go as planned. Goose hits his head on the canopy before it fo- uh, flies away and basically is killed uh, because of that accident. And Maverick struggles to kind of forgive himself, thinking it was his fault. He's eventually cleared of any wrongdoing, saying that there was no possible way he could have known that they were going to get into the situation that they did uh, with the jet wash and all of that. But eventually he forgives himself. Fast forward 36 years later, now Goose's son, uh, who was like three or four at the time in the first movie, Goose's son yep. has grown up to be a man, is now uh, in the Navy, is uh, trying to be a Top Gun pilot, is on this training uh, that Tom Cruise's character is leading, and he not only is struggling, I think, under the undercurrents to forgive Maverick for what happened with his father, but then we find out that there's even another reason that he struggles to forgive him. Russ, why don't you talk about that? Well, okay, so when we saw the trailers for this movie, I think a lot of people just assumed that the story is going to be about how Miles Teller's character is going to be upset with Maverick still, and they don't maybe they don't have a good relationship because maybe he blames Maverick for killing his father. Um, and you would think that that was going to be the plot. Again, the trailers didn't really go into it, but you just see that, and you're like, okay. And then don't forget we had the line in the in the trailer that was in the movie where it was like, you know, trust you, like you know, my father trusted you. Um, that line that happens between them. And so you think that's what it's going to be about, but no, what it actually is, is you've one, you find out that Maverick has been around him his whole life. Uh, they've had a relationship when he was younger, but what happens is, and again, we kind of do have to spoil. So again, spoilers, if you haven't seen the movie, but, uh, I guess Meg Ryan's character. So goose's wife, uh, who we find out has passed away. Uh, says probably towards the end of her life to Maverick, like, please don't let uh, Rooster go into the Navy. Like, please do not let him do what Goose did and die like Goose, um, please. And so Maverick promises to do that. So he does everything he can to block Rooster from getting into the Navy, uh, which unfortunately you can only do for so long. And eventually they have all the power to be able to do it themselves and go self-enlist. And that's exactly what Miles Teller's character does, but it does cost him a few years. Years of his Navy career probably stops him from being higher ranked, higher up in the Navy at this point in the movie. Um, if if you're a military person, you know that a f- like four years is a big deal uh, because that can make or break where you're at in your career and where you go in your career too. Because again, your career is only so long. Uh, four years could be a big deal. So they're dealing Unless with that issue. Unless you're stuck at captain for 36 with. years. <laughs> That's yeah. Maverick doesn't see the point, Nick, because you know he just stays a captain. But uh, the big thing that you hear is just them talking about how, and again, Rooster doesn't know this promise that Maverick made to his mom. 
He just thinks that Maverick didn't want him to go into the military, didn't trust him, didn't believe that he could be who he needed to be. Um, so you have that side of it while Maverick is just following, you know, the guidance that his mother had placed on him. So you have this issue and, and it's a big deal. It's, it's kind of what really starts this whole thing of Maverick has to lead these guys on a secret mission. And one of those people being Rooster, he doesn't think he's ready. Again, he still doesn't kind of trust him. But I think also in the back of his head, it's the idea that I'm going to do exactly the opposite of what I promised his mom, which is put him directly in a mission where most of them should die. Like that is what they talk about. They talk about the fact that people are not coming home from this mission that they're about to go on. There's, there's a whole line in there where, where Maverick says, you know, the goal is to do this and do this and do this and bring them home. Right. And John Hamm's character says they knew the risks they signed up for. And it was like, Oh, you don't intend them to return home. You intend them to get this done and then they might lose their lives. Like you are sending yeah. them in knowing they're going to die. Well, and that's what's crazy is the mission they go on is this entirely crazy like gauntlet of just insane things. And then it's like, oh yeah, after you successfully complete the mission and you successfully like destroy your target, you're pretty much doomed because now you have to like fly through like literally devil's alley of just like fighter pilots uh, uh, in, in better Sands. jets than we have and millions and millions of missiles, which again makes for one of the coolest scenes ever, uh, ever, ever, ever in an action movie, which is why everybody needs to see this. But you understand that it kind of is an impossible mission that he's preparing him for. And I think in, in Tom Cruise's eyes, it's like in Maverick's eyes, it's like, I can't do this. I can't send him to suicide after I promised him this. So you have that back and forth. That's pretty much the summary of the relationship. But of course, in all great things and in all great movies, um, we get to the end, you know, they have their successes. They have what is, you know, great about it. You, you have this moment too, uh, before they leave for the mission that I think is really kind of cool, but also kind of frustrating. And I think that's where we're going to kind of take our conversation towards the end because they've, gone through this whole thing. Maverick gets to pick who goes on this mission. It's not everybody. He could tell Rooster you're not going. Because in everybody's mind, Hangman, who is the other wingman there, who is like the, the new version of Iceman, is their unbelievable pilot. At one point, Maverick even says, oh my gosh, this guy's good. This guy's really good. Uh, decides, I'm not going to take Hangman. I'm taking Rooster. And Rooster is just like shocked. And so right as they're getting into their planes, they have this moment where they, they walk up to each other and Rooster's about to say something, which, you know, if we're really talking about what he should say, it should be like, Hey, I forgive you. I'm sorry. I love you. Like we're about to go into an impossible mission. Um, I, you know, you're my father figure. You chose me. You showed that you do actually trust me you know, thank you. I'm, I'm sorry. Like I forgive you for, for not letting me go to the military and I love you. Like that's all it needs to happen there. And it would have been like, okay, that's awesome. Instead they do the old, you know, nod silence. And then it's like, you gotta go, you gotta, you gotta get in your plane, leave. And he's like, we'll finish this when we get back, which you're like, Nope, that's a bad idea because I have a feeling someone's dying, right? I, I was sure at that the point whole in the movie. I was sure minutes. that they were going to have it be that he had never gotten the chance to say that and that Maverick yep. was going to get shot down 
and then we were going to end the movie on like a funeral scene and some sort of, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know where I was thinking I was, but I figured when they didn't say anything to each other, I was like, they're never going to get a chance, right? This is going to be the... Well, and and remember, there was the scene, too, where he says goodbye to his friend Hondo, who's helping him get in the plane, and they, like, have that moment for a second, and even Hondo is like, it's been an honor. Like, he knows that Maverick is right. going to go sacrifice mm-hmm. himself and not come back. Like, he's going to do everything to make sure everybody else comes back, but he doesn't. Yeah. And so you think that's where the movie's going, and that's probably the best part about the movie is it doesn't go that direction, which I love. Because uh, they easily could have just done it as a swan song, let let Maverick die. It's a great movie. It's a great the, ending. Now we have the new generation, right? I mean, it would have been the, yep. the you know, yep. Maverick as Christ, but, which but they did have as, those moments, right, of the self sacrifice, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of him saying, "Look, I'm going to put myself in harm's way, specifically so that Rooster doesn't die." You know, so there was that sacrifice and and that. Um, yeah, but they didn't. Um, but I do want to get into that, you know, that forgiveness piece, right? Yep. Um, yeah. And especially, I think that How? this is one of those things that, um, that we as men, right, are not great. And I'm, you know, specifically talking to the men out there, but probably anybody is going to going to uh, identify with this. You know, we are not great at forgiving each other. Uh, we're not great at sensitive emotions. Um, we're not great at saying the hard things. Um, you know, and I think the, especially you've got to figure it's got to be so hard for Rooster's character to have forgiven Maverick in the first place, just for the fact that his father's not around. So once yeah. he gets past that, it's like now you've gone and done this other thing, um, and it really reminded me of like the scripture in Matthew eighteen twenty one, where Peter comes to Jesus and asks, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? And he says, should I forgive them up to seven times? And Jesus answers and says, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times, right? Which is not uh, Jesus saying there's a limit and that limit is 77. Jesus is saying, you know, even more than you could possibly count. Um Russ, what are your thoughts on that on that scene, especially as it relates to forgiveness? You know, I I mean, I I think that's all something that we can we can you know take kind of heed to, and we can take into our own lives. I mean, the whole the whole metaphor and the idea of just what forgiveness is, what it should be, what grace is, what that should be. Um, you know, and again, I I think when we go towards the masculine side of things and you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, um, a lot of people that listen to this will, will mostly be men. And a lot of people in our group are men. Um, and we can kind of understand it deep down how, you know, we don't, we don't show our emotion very well. Um, we don't show forgiveness very well. Uh, you know, most of the time we don't hold grudges. I mean, let's be honest. I, I know that personally, but you know, when do we actually, you know, go up to somebody and say, hey, you know, this this is not this is not what it needs to be. I'm sorry. You know, this is this is what's going on. Um, it's that idea that we really need to be able to get over these different issues and really be able to communicate with one another, I think, is the the biggest thing. Um, I think the communication piece, the the ability to 
to be emotional, I think is too hard. You know, we as a society says everybody needs to be tough. Everybody needs to be fighting. We need to defend, you know, honor. We need to defend this. We need to be physical and fight and all this stuff rather than let's just have an emotional moment here where we just forgive each other and maybe cry it out a little bit or the ability to say I love you in a situation like this when you know for a fact that you may have not been very fair with the other person because it's like maybe Maverick does have other you know reasons for why he did what he did like maybe he isn't being completely truthful because we haven't really talked about it he just said he had to so again you know, there, there isn't that moment where they can have that communication before this. Um, and unfortunately, the, the big lesson in this is maybe you should say something because you never know what's going to happen. Like, well, and that's what we I was got thinking, lucky in this movie. Right. That, yeah. That in this moment, it is obvious that they are going into this extremely difficult situation where death is a very high possibility. Uh, and yet, right, I, I think for me, uh, this is a reminder my wife and I have always done this. It was something that was done with my family when I was a kid. Um, every time somebody leaves the door, we say, I love you on the way out the door because we never know when the last time is that we're going to see that person and say, I love you. And so whether that's you're driving to the grocery store, that's five minutes away, or whether that's you're flying into a mission, that's almost certain death. Um, you never know when the last time is you're going to see somebody. And so having the ability to, to know that the last thing you said to that person was that you love them uh, and to mean it. And then I think like Russ was talking about a second ago, the emotional intelligence that it takes to say, I'm willing to be vulnerable. I'm willing to say, I forgive you. I'm willing to say, I'm sorry. Uh, and I'm willing to say, I love you, even if it's a challenge, right? So, uh, you know, I think my challenge to everybody listening to this is going to be, who is it that you can say, I love you to? Who is it that you can say you forgive? Uh, who is it that you just need to touch base with that you haven't talked to in a long time? Um, because life is too precious. And because yeah. we are called not just to forgive seven, but 77 times. Yeah. And I, I think that's the biggest message we can come away from, you know, watching this movie um, from our conversation here. You know, don't be afraid to show emotion. Don't be afraid to forgive. Don't be afraid to say I love you. You know, it's not it's not a bad thing to do. Let's stop with that. Uh, you know, let's stop with that narrative that we can't do that stuff, that emotion is bad, you know, that, you know, we're raising a, a society of wimps and babies now because men are crying and men are, you know, getting emotional. Men are showing their children more affection than they ever did in the, you know, past generations that I've heard before. Um, you know, it, it's something that we all need to take heed of. We all need to understand. And here's a movie that kind of redeemed itself because you could almost say that Top Gun 1 was that original bad destructive masculinity of the eighties. And here it is kind of redeeming itself because you do have those moments where they finally, you know, say what they need to say. And, and they have the, you know, few embraces at the very end when Maverick and rooster finally get their moment, um, they where they like can just times. sit there and hug each other. Like I know they hugs. just kept hugging. There's they so much hugging. hugging. When, and I would so, say what's harder. Is it harder to say, I'm sorry. And I love you. Or is it harder to, to hurt somebody, right? For most of us, yeah. it's harder to say, I love you or I forgive you than it is to just feel angry. And so the fact that it's harder means that that's the thing that we should be doing. 
because it's the more difficult of the two. So uh, I do need to wrap up. So uh, I just yeah. want to say uh, thank you for listening. If you've got comments on this or, or thoughts on our conversation, or if you want to continue that conversation, uh, join us on our Discord channel. Uh, you can find that and so many other links on our website, which is crossfirecast.com, uh, or the easier one to remember is churchforgamers.com. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok. Uh, we've got a Facebook group and a Facebook page. And uh, also want to give a huge shout out to every single one of our Patreon supporters who make this podcast possible. Uh, join us Monday nights for our Discord chats. Join us Wednesdays and Fridays when Russ and I stream. Russ streams Wednesdays from 7 to 10 p.m. I usually stream Fridays from noon to 3. Uh, and then we're also going to start up pretty soon trying to have some uh, special events for youth, maybe centered around Minecraft. So stay tuned for more information about that. Uh, but as always, I want to say thank you for listening along and we'd love to hear your feedback. So Russ, any closing thoughts? No, that's it. Just remember what we said and go go see Top Gun Maverick if you haven't. If you're just listening to this, you're like, I don't care about spoilers. Go see the movie. Enjoy it. Uh, and we will talk to you guys on the next podcast. Thank you guys and God bless. <laughs>